Baseball is about to be over in Oakland. The Oakland A's, the Athletics, are moving to Las Vegas relatively soon. They've purchased land for a new stadium, and it's depressing news in more ways than one. I'm going to talk about the A's, what's gone wrong till this point, uh, what's led to the circumstances that involves a move to Vegas, why Vegas, why the A's for Vegas. Uh, what I think of the whole scenario. Where does MLB go from here? Where does the city of Oakland go from here? We're going to get into all of that in today's episode. Everything surrounding the move uh, in this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. Without further ado, let's get into it. I want to first thank each and every one of you for listening to this episode as much as it hurts to make uh, in large aspects, uh, it's something that I felt like needed to be talked about. And I'm glad you're here to listen or watch on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube at Lots of Thoughts Sports, click the like button down below and subscribe if you haven't already. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, we're getting close to 100 subscribers here on the YouTube channel, which is not a lot, I know, but it's still awesome to see all the support over here. Uh, if you're not already following us on Instagram, go ahead and check us out at Lots of Thoughts Sports over there. On TikTok at Lots of Thoughts Sports, on Twitter at LOT Sports Pod. We're available on any audio platform. If you are listening on an audio platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, rate us five stars. I'd really appreciate it. Um, visit our website, lots of thoughts.godaddysites.com. There you can access all the uh, podcast info, the newsletter, the YouTube, the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. LinkedIn, uh, the merchandise, of course, that's all available at lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. If you're pressured into not remembering or into remembering or not remembering, uh, any of this information is all, the links are all in the description in the show notes. Uh, if you're listening on an audio platform or the description, the description on YouTube, let me not mess up my speech as we start this episode. Cause it's going to be a long one. Oh, who knows? It's going to be a lamented one. Should I say, listen, as much as I'd love to sit here and talk to you about the NBA, right? The Nets just got swept out of the playoffs for the second straight year. Joel Embiid didn't get suspended for kicking Nick Claxton in the nuts. Uh, but James Harden got got uh, ejected for, uh, you know, pushing a, a guy on a step back three. As much as I'd love to talk about how the Lakers are, are looking like they're going to be up in this series. As I speak, they're in game three against the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, have only allowed nine points in the first quarter. As much as I love to talk about the NFL offseason, the draft is this week. The NFL draft is this week, and I'll, I'll do an episode talking about that and, and the potential quarterback moves, kind of summarizing uh, where we are with our, our quarterback projections. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back. Me and a special guest, Matthew Burwald, uh, we try to predict all 32 week one NFL starting quarterbacks, and I did pretty well. I had Jimmy Garoppolo go to the Raiders. I had Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets, which hopefully will happen uh, one day. Um, but I think it was a cool episode to listen to. So, so go back and check that out. It should be about five episodes or so ago. Nonetheless, I'd love to be talking about all these sports topics, but here we are with the A's potentially moving. And I felt like it was a more important conversation to have. And it was an episode that I've been wanting to make for a while talking about their potential move or, or potential bid for a new stadium. And, and no big news has happened for me to be able to make an episode about it. And here we are, that, that news is, has come. So the tweet that's inspiring this episode, uh, well, there's quite a few tweets breaking the same news, but this one I'm looking at is from ESPN. It says, the Oakland Athletics have signed a binding agreement to purchase land near the Las Vegas Strip. They intend to construct a $1.5 billion, 35,000 seat major league 
Oh my gosh. Major, let me start that sentence over. They intend to construct a 1.5 billion, 35,000 seat major league ballpark. Team president Dave Caval said Wednesday night. And of course, buying the land does not mean they're going to move there. I have no idea off the top of my head how many teams have bought land in other cities as a bargaining ship. And that may be what's going on here. Um, and when I say I have no idea, it could be zero, it could be 10, it could be 100. I'm, I'm not sure. But I think the A's are as good as gone. And that's why I'm making this episode. That's why I posted things on my social media accounts, uh, lots of thoughts that the A's are gone because they're gone. They're as good as gone. And my initial fan, my initial uh, reaction as a Yankees fan, I'm going to preface this episode, right? If you're watching on YouTube, it's obvious I'm a Yankees fan. I got memorabilia on the side here, right? Obviously, Yankee logos everywhere. I got old uh, Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle uh, uh, plaqued baseball cards, if you could see that right there. Uh, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm wearing a Yankees shirt. Half my wardrobe has the Yankees logos on it. I'm a Yankees fan through and through. But me personally, I grew up in, in the Bay Area. I grew up in the East Bay. Uh, 15 minutes from Oakland. I grew up going to A's games because those are the local games. I'm sure it was often against the Yankees, but I went to plenty of other A's games against the Reds, against the Red Sox, against, you know, several other teams. And, you know, I have a decent amount of knowledge uh, about this situation without being an A's fan and being overly biased toward that. But what I can tell you is my initial thought is this sucks for the fans. The A's have fans that are diehard fans. And, and you may not say that if you see the attendance records, right? 3,000 uh, people roughly going to games this year, which is which is pitiful. But I'll talk about the situation that's led them to this point. And I think it's something where you can't blame the fans whatsoever. The fans of Oakland, the fans of the A's deserved better. Um, I thought originally, maybe about a week ago, when the Kings and the Warriors played in the playoffs, I know this is kind of a, a divergence here, but if you watch those games and if you saw the news articles, if you saw the photos, the energy was insane. The Kings fans showed out and Sacramento hasn't been in the playoffs for something like 17 years. And the Mike Bibby days were the last time the Kings were in the playoffs back before I even remember watching basketball uh, as a 23 year old. And the Kings finally make the playoffs and they're raucous. But if we go back a year or two, this was the same team that fans were projecting to move to Seattle. That I made an episode about NBA expansion, a podcast episode, and it's the most watched podcast episode on YouTube, where I mentioned that the Kings couldn't move to Seattle. That could be a realistic scenario because viewership was down, because the area seemed oversaturated, Sacramento didn't seem like a big enough market to be able to maintain an NBA team. And the Kings, I felt, didn't really have as great of a route to the local area as other teams did. And so that was a team that, that many fans thought could move. And in just two years, right, they make a big trade. They trade a, a young, talented player in Tyrese Halliburton, who's now an all-star for Indiana, for a win-now move. They surround their two good players, their two stars, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, uh, with some additional talent, right? Malik Monk, um, uh, I'm blanking on the rest of their roster right now. Um, geez, this is embarrassing a little bit. Uh, Keegan Murray, of course. Uh, Alex Lenz played well for them. Various guys that provide death, depth. Uh, Lyles is there as well. Um, you know, guys that really 
complement the overall offensive scheme, can hit big shots, right? That's not my point. I, I need to go back to baseball here. But more of my point is that the Kings should have been a lesson. That when the product is bad, when you don't make the playoffs for 17 straight years or whatever it was, you're going to have low fan turnout, especially in a, in a sport that has 82 games, right? Football is a little bit different. You got 16, well, 17 games now. They're going to be packed every game. If it's, if they're not packed like Washington uh, and other teams, I'm not going to go, you know, ripping teams, but Washington's the most notable example. Um, and I think it's a comparable example given the stadium, uh, you know, to the A's and, and how much of a dump both places are. Um, when the team is bad, and you have so many games to go to, you're not going to have great fan turnout. But if you put a good product on the field or on the court, in the case of the Kings, the fans are going to turn out. The diehard fans are going to be out there. And that's exactly what I thought should be a lesson for the A's, that if they put a good product out there, they're going to get viewers. They were getting viewers just a few years ago. And we'll talk about the downfall of the A's and, and what was a good era in Oakland athletics baseball that was you know horribly torn apart. But it was surprising to me that there was no greater efforts to increase attendance before this decision was made. I think there's a lot of statistical data that shows that free baseball tickets are very profitable for the team. Because when you have events, when you have games, I'm not saying every game and every ticket should be free. What I'm saying is that when you have games that are not selling out and stadiums that are not selling out, giving away tickets for free allows fans who maybe don't have the same economic access to be able to go to the game. It cultivates a, a new younger generation of fans, which baseball tends to struggle with. And, and we could talk about rule changes and how that's impacting this generation. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. These rule changes have had a much better impact than even I expected, but there's statistical data that shows when you give fans free tickets, they're still going to spend money on parking or in the case of uh, the Oakland Coliseum, BART nonetheless, uh, they're still going to pay money on concessions. They're still going to pay money for merchandise. And not only at the stadium, but, you know, now that you're cultivating more fans at home, you know, when they order order jerseys and shirts and hats online, you're still going to make revenue from fans if you give free tickets away. And if you're not selling out the ballpark, then what's the point? Right? Why are you, why are you selling tickets for 20 bucks if you're not going to sell them? Just give them away for free. You make more money in the long run. And not only that, you provide a better atmosphere for the for the game at hand. Would you rather go to a game if, if it's Rockets, if it's crazy, if there's, you know, 25,000 people there, or if there's 3,000 people there and no one really gives a crap? And obviously I'm not saying no one really gives a crap about the A's, but more of my point is that I, I thought there was would be more of an effort to be creative, to come up with a better financial structure to encourage fans to go to the games. And instead they did the opposite of that. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. That kind of segues me into the current state of the Coliseum and the team in general and how this came to be. So the Oakland A's, I think, are the worst team in baseball right now. Uh, well, they, they, they do have the worst record in baseball in, in this early part of the season. They also have the lowest payroll, and they've had uh, for the past few years. They're paying their entire 26-man roster less than several players in the MLB. Uh, they have the worst run differential in baseball. They have the lowest average attendance. And this is coming from a tweet from, from Joe Pompliano. If I pronounced that wrong, I apologize. Joe Pompliano on Twitter. The quote is, their owner has destroyed the team over the last 20 years, and he is now being rewarded with re relocation to Las Vegas. Unbelievable. And I think that's true. I think in large part, John Fisher leads a team with a low payroll. 
that doesn't do things right in order to make up for that low payroll. So there's teams that are afraid to give a, give a, a, a star player a huge contract, right? They're not given Aaron Judge $360 million. They're not given Bryce Harper $330 million, right? And, and you, you can't blame them for that, right? They're just not bringing in enough revenue. But there are teams that do that well. There are teams like Tampa Bay who locks up key players early, uh, like Wander Franco, uh, you know, a few other guys that they've extended to somewhat long-term deals. Um, and they're a machine. They churn out pitching. They churn out talent left and right. Um, they, the A's obviously can't pay their stars like the Yankees can, like the Red Sox can to keep them. Although the Red Sox maybe don't have that same luxury like they did, given that they let Sandra Bogarts and Mookie Betts go. But they did extend. They did extend uh, Rafael Devers. And the A's aren't smooth enough of a machine. Uh, like the Astros, another team, I should mention another team that extended all their young stars, the Braves, who we'll talk about in just a little bit uh, when it comes to tearing down the A's. Uh, but they're not enough of a machine like the Astros, like the Dodgers, to be able to turn out players that even if they let their stars go, right? Even if, if Trey Turner walks to the Phillies and Corey Seager walks to the Rangers, or in the Astros case, even if Correa walks to uh, the Twins and uh, Springer walks to the Blue Jays, they still have players that come in and replace them and play those roles well, right? Gavin Lux was expected to have a big year before he got hurt. Um, uh, Jeremy Pena, World Series MVP, replaces Carlos Correa. They have a system in place, a player development system that can churn out new talent to replace the stars that they can't always afford to keep. And the A's don't have that either. So they don't lock up their young core like Tampa and Atlanta. They can't pay their stars like New York and Boston. And they're not enough of a machine like Houston and, and the Dodgers. And that leaves them in a situation where they're very up and down. In 2019, they won 97 games. They were one of the best teams in baseball. They lost in the in the American League wildcard game to the Tampa Bay Rays. In 2020, in the COVID-shortened season, they won the division, 35 and 25. Lost to the Houston Astros in the playoffs. They won 86 games in 2021. And then the teardown happened. A fire sale, if you will. In the subsequent two years, they lost Mark Kana to free agency to the Mets. They traded Sean Murphy to the Atlanta Braves. They traded Frankie Montas to the New York Yankees. They traded Jesus Lazardo to the Marlins. They traded Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. They traded Matt Olson to the Atlanta Braves. They traded Chris Bassett to the New York Mets. They let Marcus Simeon walk to the Blue Jays. They traded Sean Manaya to the San Diego Padres. They let uh, Starling Marte walk to the New York Mets. They let Bob Melvin, their manager, go to the San Diego Padres. And this entire fire sale led to the complete destruction of an era of A's baseball that was a very good one. And some of these guys have been locked up to new long-term deals that the A's could have afforded. I mean, I mean, Matt Olson, I could pull, up, pull it up right now. I'm going to pull it up right now. Matt Olson contract is something that I I very much thought the A's could have matched. And maybe he took a discount because, you know, the Braves are his hometown team. But eight years, $168 million. He's getting paid $21 million this year, which was his third year of arbitration bought out. 22 next year, 22 the year after, 22 all the way through with a club option in 2030 for $20 million. Tell me the A's couldn't have afforded $22 million? And granted, you know, they're paying about $35 million for all 26 of their players in the active roster. But that's something that a team should be able to afford. And the A's are top five in profit from last year. This is not a team that's that's 
constantly in the red. This is a team that doesn't want to spend money. So after the fire sale, uh, the A's lost, or the A's won 60 games in, in 2022. And here they're not doing so great in 2023. If you have a moment, I encourage you to go to baseball reference. If I remember, I'll put this in the YouTube video, but I don't think I will just knowing me. Uh, baseball reference is a wonderful baseball statistics site. And they keep a record of uh, each team year over year, you know, this, their stats uh, showing which players did well, the roster all the way through all the players that played for them in the single year. It's really a great website. And the A's had 50 players play for them in the season 2022, uh, 2021. I'm sorry. Their last good year uh, finished 86 and 76 third in the AL West did not make the playoffs. And on baseball reference, they have a section called top 12 players where they show the profile pictures of the top 12 players in wins above replacement, which is, if you're not familiar, it's an advanced stat that essentially shows how many how many wins you contribute to the team. I'm not going to get too far into it, but it takes everything into account. Defense, base running, uh, if you're a pitcher, obviously pitching, if you're a hitter hitting, uh, how well you do in all scenarios of the game. They have a top 12 players. So I'm going to read them in order. Matt Olson had 5.8 war. Chris Bass had 4. Frankie Montas, 3.7. Matt Chapman, 3.5. Sean Manaya 3.4. Tony Kemp, 3.4. Sean Murphy, 2.7. Ramon Laureano, 2.6. Mark Kana, 2.6. Starling Marte, 1.9, who was only there half a season. Cole Irvin, 1.6. And Seth Brown, 1.5. And if you look at this image, right? 12 players all the way across. Three of them are wearing A's hats. The other nine are wearing other teams' hats because they've all left... The top 12 players of the 2021 A's, there are three remaining. Three. You look across, it looks like just a medley of different baseball players from different teams. You got a Braves hat, a Blue Jays, a Yankees, a Blue Jays, a Giants, an A's, a Braves, an A's, a Mets, a Mets, an Orioles, an A's. And if that doesn't show how much turnover this team has had that's gotten them to this point, I don't know what does. And I don't think turnover is bad. I don't think fire sale is bad. I don't think that's a bad way to go. But when you have that scenario, when you tear down a team, you're going to expect low attendance and you're probably going to lower ticket prices accordingly because you're building for the future. You're getting young pieces, right? I think they do have young pieces. I think James Cabrillion could end up being a really good pitcher. Um, I think uh, Shane Langoliers looks like a really good hitter and obviously has an opportunity to catch now with Sean Murphy gone. But it doesn't matter how many of these players you acquire if you jack up the prices in the meantime. And that's exactly what the A's did that put them in this horrible scenario. You have a dump of a ballpark. And I'll talk about the ballpark in a second. You have a dump of a ballpark. You have a dump of a team. Those ticket prices need to be low in order to get people in the door. And instead, they jacked up ticket prices, especially for season ticket holders. And so, of course, you know, fans don't want to show up. Who would want to show up to when you put a crappy product on the field and then charge twice the money for it? Are you kidding me? That's completely illogical to anybody, to anybody that understands supply and demand, to anybody that understands the concepts of a fair economic system, of capitalism, of any economic system that requires a payment for a good. If the good gets worse, the price goes down, and that's exactly the opposite of what happened. And... You could easily argue that this was just a way to get to Vegas in the first place. Oh, the fans in Oakland aren't showing up anymore. Guess we got to ship the team out. No, the fans in Oakland aren't showing up anymore because ownership is inept. Because you have a dump of a stadium. 
and a city that didn't want to build a new one, or maybe a, a, a team that didn't want to build a new one, and a team that you completely tore down to the bare bones, and then you raise ticket prices as a slap in the face to people who are diehard fans for this team year after year. That brings me to the stadium conversation. Listen, the Coliseum is the worst stadium in baseball, and it may be the worst stadium in professional sports. FedEx Field, as I mentioned, the Washington Commanders are, are a fair equivalent, I'll say. Um, there's obviously players or teams that are playing in temporary stadiums or, or stadiums like Arizona. Uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes are playing in a college stadium that barely holds 10,000 people. It's it's awful. Uh, maybe even less than that. Maybe it's a couple thousand, and they're not even filling that. Uh, hockey should never be in Arizona, but that's another take. That's a, I'm not going to get into that. The Oakland Coliseum is a dump, but it's Oakland's dump. And if the team was good, people are still showing up. A decent access to public transit, really good access to public transit, I'll say that. Uh, pretty good access to freeways. And that area was a sports hub for the city, right? Uh, and the state of Oakland sports was a, was a decent one, right? The Warriors, right there, Oracle Arena, the A's and the Raiders, even though sharing the stadium was a mess, they were still right there, all in the Coliseum. It was a sports hub, all three teams looking for new stadiums. Um, but nonetheless, it was an exciting place to be. And even if the stadium had issues, even if there were, a, were there was a possum loose in the uh, the visitors' uh, broadcast booth, there was still such an admiration for the place from the fans. And there's a lovely Twitter account, if you're not already following it, it's called Baseball's Last Dive Bar on Twitter. And I think that's such a perfect description of what the Oakland Coliseum was or is. It's baseball's last dive bar. It's it's the place you go that's cheap, that's not looking for aesthetics, that's just looking for the product. And the, the product is alcohol and a good time. And in this case, it's baseball and a good time and maybe some alcohol too. I think that's a perfect description of it. But the key part about a dive bar is that the alcohol still has to be good. If you're giving watered down drinks... If your atmosphere is crap, if if you if no one's in the bar and it's boring as crap and the prices are sky high, then who's going to want to show up? That's exactly what happened to Oakland. And now we have a quote coming out from uh, the mayor of Oakland. Quote, Oakland is not interested in being used as leverage in the A's negotiation with Las Vegas. And I think that kind of leans into the fact that I think ownership of the A's may have been leaning toward Las Vegas this whole time. But I think it's also a... a uh, not a genuine response from the city of Oakland. At the end of the day, the Coliseum site, not only uh, was the stadium a mess, the, the overall site's not the best. And I think the opportunity that the A's had to build at Howard Terminal, which if you're not familiar, is a wonderful waterfront location. It used to be an old uh, shipping uh, dock, essentially, which they could easily move up to the to the old military base in Oakland. And they could put the stadium right there. It's at Jack London Square, if you're familiar. Lots of little shops there. That's where the A's uh, st- uh, uh, headquarters is. Uh, good restaurants there. Lovely view of of the bay. Uh, ferry access there. There was going to be a gondola from, from BART. It was just a, a great plan, I thought, overall, through and through. But it fell through for one thing or another. And, and partly because Vegas is going to pay the A's a lot of money to build the stadium there but partly because it seemed like Oakland was never really genuine about keeping the teams in the first place. And I understand contributing to a stadium is a burden on the taxpayers 
And it's not financially profitable for a city, even though you get revenue in and, and it brings more revenue to the restaurants and, and businesses around, which in turn helps the city, helps, you know, obviously get more taxes, stimulates an economy. I understand that those financial projections are not always favorable for the city that pays out the wazoo to keep a team there. But at the end of the day, it's also about benefiting the the, the people of the city and their enjoyment. And that people who live in a city with a sports team are much more likely to be excited about city uh, the city and about camaraderie in the city. And I think that shows in a lot of, um, I'll say a lot of smaller market teams, right? I think the Astros are a great example. Astros are not a small market team, let me clarify. Houston's a big city, but um, that concept of being proud of the Astros really shows in the pride of Houston as a city as a whole, right? You think of cities like, uh, well, Sacramento is a perfect example of this, right? In recent history, meaning the last two months, Kings fans are ecstatic to go to games. They're ecstatic to scream about Sacramento because the Kings are good. And, and that's what the A's could have been, could have been the draw to Oakland. And like the Warriors and the Raiders and the A's were just, you know, a couple decades ago. And so now you have a, a city in Oakland that's losing all three teams in a matter of years. The A's going to Vegas, with the Raiders already have gone to Vegas, and with the Warriors moving across the Bay to San Francisco. And so that brings me to, to overall my point. Why would Vegas want to do this? Why would Vegas want to shell out, what was it, uh, $500 million roughly uh, in taxpayer money to get the A's? Uh, and I think it's perfectly summarized by uh, an account on Twitter, Oakland Stadium Watch, at Oak Stadium Watch on Twitter. The quote that he put out there, I'll read it word for word. I truly think Vegas will get an MLB team in the next five to seven years. What baffles me is why local officials and fans would want that team to be the John Fisher owned A's instead of a new exciting expansion team with a fresh identity and zero baggage attached. And I think I couldn't have said it better. Vegas was getting an expansion team and I'll talk about where MLB goes from here and, and MLB expansion toward the end of this episode. But Vegas was expansion was always the top priority. They were getting a team. And, you know, I don't have that confirmed through and through, but from everything that I've seen, from rumors that I've seen, from every interview I've heard Rob Manfred do, I've listened to nearly every public appearance he's had. Um, Vegas was getting a baseball team. And if you got a baseball team in your city, I personally would want that to be the opposite of the John Fisher owned Oakland A's. I'd want it to be a team that was excited uh, that was an exciting fan base that was, uh, you know, something that we could call our own. That was some team that had been well run for years, some team with an incredibly bright future and incredibly strong present, right? You think of teams that are more recently moved. Uh, the first team that comes to my mind is Seattle Supersonics moving to Oklahoma City. And, and what did that team have? They had Kevin Durant, a top 10 to 15, if you, we'll say 15, NBA player in history. And then they add Russell Westbrook, an MVP and all-time triple-double leader. Uh, and they add James Harden, you know, one of the best six men of the year and who ended up being a top five player and, and an NBA MVP. They had three NBA MVPs to start out this team in this new environment, in this new city. And the A's have none of that. I mean, I, I like Shane Langoliers, right? I like James Caprillion. I like other aspects of this team. J.P. Sears, former Yankee. Uh, I like a lot of these players that are in Oakland, but to be a, a team that moves and, and a team that another city's got to be excited about, 
A team that's never going to spend money? Never going to spend money, right? It doesn't matter how exciting Brent Rooker is. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, whether Ryan Noda can produce. It doesn't matter whether Carlos Perez can produce. It doesn't matter how good these pitchers look because the team is not going to spend money to keep them and has shown that year over year. So why the A's? Why did Vegas want the A's? It makes not a lot of sense to me. And the move to Vegas, I think, is something that's going to be very analyzed. The question is, does baseball moving to Vegas work as well as football or hockey? I think football and hockey have profiled very different in Vegas. You have, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL were the first major sports team to move to Vegas, not counting the WNBA in, in, in this you know, analysis, even though I'm a bigger fan of the WNBA than I am the NHL, um, taking only the big four sports teams into account. Hockey was the first big team Vegas had, and it felt like the entire city was behind them. Of course, they made a run right away, right? They made the Stanley Cup Finals in the first year they were around. And it felt like their attendance was sparked by the fact that this was Vegas's first team. And they had 82 games full of fun for the city. They had a great identity, you know, great uh, marketing and, and through and through some very good players. They got on the expansion market that took steps up and played well as a team. In football, you had the Raiders come over who already had an identity, who already have a fan base. And it felt like less of Vegas's team and more like a team that you go to visit. And for football, I think that works quite well. You have 16 games a year. You have a lot of people from the Bay Area who think, hey, let's go to Vegas for a weekend. Let's go gamble. Let's go watch the Raiders game. And then let's just go back home on Sunday night. I think that's a great concept in terms of you have a city that's known for having a large traveling population, large weekend trip population. You have a team that moved from a relatively close locale who could just take a weekend, you know, watch a football game, get blasted with alcohol and weed and whatever else, and gamble their money away and have a good time. Two very different profiles. And I think the A's moving and baseball being in Vegas is, is a different conversation. You have 162 games, 82 home games in, in 81 home games, I'm sorry, in Las Vegas with a team whose fan base already didn't show that they would be there despite price situations, that already had issues with maintaining excitement in a city that they've been in for years and had success in for decades, a team that in which the sport requires a large portion of fan dedication throughout the season, because it's not just 16 games of selling out, it's 81 home games, 162 games that are going to take place in Las Vegas. And I'm not sure this is going to be as raining a success. I, I I don't care if the stadium is great. I don't care if uh, the team ends up being a good one. They're not going to spend money to keep players. They're not going to, you know, have a fan base that's, that's one that Vegas could call its own. They're going to have a, a transient fan base from Oakland and from areas around before Vegas kind of takes hold of the, of the team. I'm not sure this is going to be a huge success in Vegas. It comes down to the real problem, not being the fans. The real problem in Oakland was the ticket prices relating to ownership. Uh, as, as I mentioned, someone from the Bay Area who grew up going to these games, I know quite a few 
A's fans. I used to work in a bowling alley. Shout out Manor Bowl, which is now closed down. I used to have a group of right field season ticket holders for the A's. The guys, if you watch an A's game, that bang the drums. The guys that play the Vuvuzelas. The guys that go crazy. The guys that hold signs and wear vests vest with massive amounts of pins. Uh, shout out to them. They were awesome. And they'd come into the bowling alley after the A's games. They all had season tickets. Uh, once a week, they'd come bowl. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd uh, make their theme on the on the scorekeeper, uh, an A's theme. And, and they were awesome people, dedicated to the A's. They were not the problem. The problem was that they were stiffed by ownership. They have a, a, a distinct history in Oakland that all of a sudden has evaporated. So where does Oakland go from here? I mentioned that they they had three teams that le- that left. And, you know, they have a, a lower-level soccer team. They're going to get a National Women's Soccer League team. I believe they're going to be called the Oakland Soul um, in the next few years. I have a feeling they're going to get a WA, WNBA expansion team in the not-too-distant future to be playing in Oakland. Um, seems like Steph Curry is interested in ownership in that team. At the end of the day, they're not going to get a, a, a major for sport expansion team the sharks are already taking that market from san jose the warriors have a a stranglehold on oakland and given that the a's and the raiders both left neither league is going to make any effort to expand there in the near future it seems like the the nfl is more interested in expanding internationally whether it's into mexico canada or or europe and it seems like baseball has already set an expansion which we'll talk about in just a second so the, the answer is, I think the city of Oakland doesn't have a lot of major sports teams. Hopefully they take hold of this WNBA situation. Hopefully that's exciting. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for that. Uh, just because it seems like the, the city is just decimated with in terms of their effort. The city, I think, is one that's been given a lot of crap for being a, a bad city or for not having the same excitement. But I think as I've talked about, it's not about the city because there's there's... I mean, if we're being honest, there's some crappy cities, right? That that uh, sports teams play in, and Oakland is not the bottom of that list. So, could Oakland end up with a sports team in the future? Yes. Is it going to happen anytime soon? Absolutely not. Now, on to where MLB goes from here, and kind of the expansion idea. MLB expansion is coming. This is hopefully going to be a little bit of a lighter note. MLB expansion is coming. You've, we've heard it multiple times. You're hearing it right here as I say this. Rob Manfred has hinted at it several times. MLB expansion is coming within the next five to ten years. It's happening, and they're going to add two teams. And what that's going to do is allow the league to be 32 teams, which is a much better situation for breaking up divisions. They're going to get rid of the AL and the NL. This is what I'm thinking. I don't know this for sure. This is coming from. Dylan Pimentel's brain on lots of thoughts, a sports podcast on the lots of thoughts sports network here. They're going to break up the AL and NL. There's no difference in the leagues anymore. It used to be one had a DH one didn't one had a higher strike zone. One had a lower strike zone, right? There were differences all the way throughout. That's those don't exist anymore. They have the same strike zone. They have the same uh, uh, DH rules. There's no difference. They're going to split that up. And when they add 32, when they add two teams to make this 32, they'll do it by travel distance, in my opinion. This is all I'm just speculating. This I'd like to reiterate. I think you'll have divisions that are more locally based, right? Think of uh, an, uh, an Atlantic division that involves the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Phillies. Um, that sort of thing, right? Where they're where they're localized 
to make travel easily easier. They're still going to keep some of those division rivalries, right? Obviously the A's and the Red Sox are always going to be in the same division. The Giants and the Dodgers are always going to be in the same division. They're going to keep those kind of, kind of really strong, intense rivalries, but they're going to reset this whole league concept and make it easier for travel. And I, I think it's a good thing, especially with every team playing every team every year nowadays. Uh, it seems like they're leaning toward that way. Uh, this is something I heard Rob Manfred say on the Michael K show, local New York ESPN radio. Um, this is not a quote, but it, the the thought is essentially a quote. Uh, he said something that's soon have that they're waiting for the A's and the Rays situations to work out before ex- considering expansion. And he's confident they'll have solutions by the end of this season. And as we now know, the A's have a solution and it's moving to Vegas. Um, but the Rays don't. And the Rays have a, uh, you know, similarly a dump of a field and a team that doesn't want to invest a lot of money, but a fan base that's not happy. And largely because that dump of a field is in St. Petersburg with not a lot of great access and not in the heart of Tampa Bay where it should be. And that's the question. It's not whether the, the Rays should move entirely or whether the Rays have enough fans to sustain in Tampa. It's whether the city of Tampa could figure out what they're doing and whether the Rays could be building in Tampa, the city of Tampa, because St. Petersburg is not a long-term solution. And if they do, the Rays will stay. If they can't, the Rays will go. It's as simple as that. Now, this is full. This is my opinion, full speculation from what I've seen from reports, what I've seen Rob Manfred say, what I've seen from grassroots organizations. Um, Ray, if the Rays move, they're moving to Montreal. That's what I think. I think Montreal is a city that has an attachment to the Rays already uh, with the Rays saying that they may play some home games there just a few years ago. Um, Montreal would get the Rays if they moved, but Montreal is not a target city for expansion for the MLB. Now this, like I'm, I want to reiterate, this is entirely my opinion, but this is what I feel. The major league baseball does not want to expand into Montreal, but if the Rays move, the Rays are going to Montreal. And that leaves an interesting scenario because as I mentioned, expansion was going to happen in Vegas if the A's didn't move there. So, you have a situation where these situations could, I just said situation twice. You have a situation where these scenarios could be very different depending on what those two teams do. I think whether or not they move, the target cities for expansion, obviously Vegas um, is first. Nashville and Raleigh are right behind. You could say Charlotte instead of Raleigh. I'm going to treat them as the same for the purpose of this example and use Raleigh throughout. Um, I think Raleigh is more likely. They're only going to choose one of Raleigh and Charlotte, obviously. Um, So I'll use Raleigh throughout. Um, Vegas first. Nashville and Raleigh are right there. Portland's behind them. I think Salt Lake City, despite having some recent uh, uh, uprising from Utah Jazz ownership, I think they're a step behind them. So that leaves some interesting scenarios, right? Let's say the A's and the Rays would have both stayed, right? The A's find a new stadium at Howard Terminal. The Rays build a new stadium at Tampa. Expansion to Vegas is the first priority. And then they got to pick, the MLB's got to pick one of either Raleigh or Nashville. I think they would pick Nashville. Um, And you have two expansion teams, Vegas and Nashville, one on each side of the country. Scenario two, if the A's stayed and the Rays moved to Montreal, uh, it's a similar story. You expand to Vegas and you expand to Raleigh or Nashville because, of course, the Rays are moving to Montreal has no impact on expansion, in my opinion. Scenario three, the A's move to Vegas, which seems likely now, and the Rays move to Montreal. That means the expansion comes in Nashville and probably Raleigh, but maybe Portland. 
fourth scenario, which I think now is the most likely, the A's move to Vegas, the Rays stay in Tampa, and then you have expansion in Nashville and either Raleigh or Portland. And I think that's what ends up happening. I think the A's move to Vegas. I think the Rays stay. Um, and expansion is going to come in Nashville. I think it's almost guaranteed, in my opinion. And I I, I have the sneaking suspicion that Portland's going to snag a team, um, especially if, if Damian Lillard ends up leaving, which I know is kind of a, a construed thought. But if if Damian Lillard ends up leaving Portland, I think the viewership's going to go down quite a bit for the Blazers. And I think the city's going to be desperate to add another team there. And so I think they make a major, major stake, uh, financial stake in trying to secure a team by paying for part of the stadium. And I think baseball expansion is exciting. I think adding two new teams to a league that's growing and a league that's doing quite well with viewership this year, especially with the new rule changes, I think is an exciting concept. And even though the A's moving to Vegas is very depressing in my mind uh, as a Yankees fan, but as a person from the Bay area and a guy who knows a lot of A's fans, I think uh, it's, it's definitely a step forward to an expanded MLB that I think is an exciting way of a future. I think we could look in five years and the Rays are in Montreal. If the Montreal Rays, the Vegas A's, and you have a Nashville and a Portland team that add 30, add two to make 32 in MLB. And I think that's an exciting time. Um, let me know if you're interested in expansion. Let me know what you think these teams could be called. I think the Vegas Vegas is going to keep the A's. And if Montreal gets the Rays, they're going to keep them. Uh, but what would you call the Nashville or Portland or Raleigh teams? Um, let me know in the comments. I'd really appreciate that. And uh, I think that concludes our, our talk here on the A's. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about baseball and uh, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, If you did and you're watching on YouTube, leave a like button. That helps suggest this video to uh, new people to the channel and helps, you know, continue to put it out there to people who may be interested in our content. Uh, If you're listening on an audio platform, rate us five stars. Check out the links in the description on YouTube or in the show notes on any audio platform to get to any of our socials. Uh, There's content going up there more often than there's podcast episodes going up here and uh, visit the website. You can, you know, uh, subscribe to the newsletter, listen to the podcast, watch on YouTube, get all the socials, buy the merchandise. I really appreciate that. Lots of thoughts.godaddysites.com links in the description, as I mentioned. Thank you very much for watching this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful rest of your day.